On this episode of the Cares None Be Dope podcast, activist, artist, model, fashionista, and most importantly, beautiful soul, Gina Stark joins the show, and we discuss coping with trauma. We also talk about dealing with addictions and doing uncomfortable things for growth. This was a super dope and very informative podcast, and I know you're going to enjoy it, but if not, and as always, Cares None. But wait, 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 wait. I want to give a shout out to all the people who have been supporting the brand, the merch. Um, it, I really have no idea what to say and how to put it into words, but just know that it's uh, extremely moving and touching. I'm very, very thankful. You guys actually have been helping me keep afloat throughout this whole thing. Um, it's more than just clothes or being cool. It's really a way of life, the whole Cares None brand. So I really appreciate you guys. And as always, care's done. Yeah, 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 All right, what's up? What's up? All right, so let me introduce you. My name is Chris Cares None, and I am your host. We have a special guest in the house, Gina Stark. Also, you'll always be a Passante to me, though, if I'm being honest. That's okay. Um. I wanted to get you on the show for a while. I wanted to get you in-house because you don't live that far, but you kind of live far. A little bit. You're, you're in St. Louis. Where are you at in St. Louis? Yeah, so we're kind of um, right at the city border. We're in a little neighborhood called The Hills. So we're technically still city, but we neighbor with the suburbs a little bit too. So How far are you from the, right uh, the arch? arch? Um, I'm probably a 10 minute drive to the arch and it's pretty awesome. It's a nice little drive. I spent a few mornings, especially during COVID, uh, waking up early, not being able to sleep, driving down to the arch and watching the sunrise. It's pretty amazing. You know, I've never stopped, but I always drive past St. Louis, I believe to go to Vegas. So I've always seen the arch. I just never stopped in it. Is St. Louis, I always thought St. Louis was kind of like, had some, some thuggery. Is that a, is that a thing? <laughs> Um, who doesn't have thuggery? I mean, it's everywhere. Remember, like Nelly? Like, you ever you ever run into Nelly? <laughs> well, I haven't, but like I hear stories about it. It's funny. Like his neighborhood or his hangouts or whatever are super close to where we're at. Um, it's really true what they say. St. Louis is a very small, like big city, I guess. Everyone kind of knows everybody. Everyone's kind of like connected. And it just Neighborhood to neighborhood is different, but every neighborhood is like kind of mixed as well, I guess. How, I how big is, is St. Louis? Do you know how many people are in St. Louis? Do you know? Like, I want to compare. I know Chicago is humongous, but like compare. Hold on. Let me see. Shit. How many people I don't even live know. in St. Louis? Is it bad that I'm like not even curious to know? I mean, I'm, I'm... <laughs> in 2018, the so there's 300,000 plus. So to give you some reference, Kansas City is almost 500,000. And Nashville is almost 700,000. Okay, then. Have you That's been in Nashville? At. Oh, hell yeah. Love that place show. is fun. <laughs> that place is crazy. I it's love like, it. I uh, love so, so me and the fellas would go, we used to do Vegas every year, right? And, yeah. uh, and I don't, you've been to Vegas, obviously. Oh, yes. Okay. Love it. So, you know, Vegas is like the, you, at least the way we did it, you know, bottle service, clubs, all that shit, right? <laughs> Right. And the older I got, 
in the, I, I realized how phony all that shit was, you know, super phony. I mean, I get if you're going there for that, but you know, the girls know they don't got to spin shit. The guys know they got to spin shit. And it was just, I don't know. It just felt like you had this, it wasn't worth how much I had to spend to enjoy that moment. So right. then we, so we switched it to Nashville, which don't they call it little Vegas? I believe they um, call it- you're probably right about that. I could see that being very accurate. And it's, it's like that little strip, right? Which is super fun. And, yes. you know, being a black dude, you would be like, oh, I know people. Nashville, I'm telling you, that place is a blast. <laughs> and it's like part. the fact that there's seven to one women. <laughs> no joke. No joke. There's so many. There's like too many women. Like even the guys who have no game at all can do well in Nashville because the girls are like, there's no fucking guys. Right. It's, it really is. I don't and they're know. All there to have a good time. It's the isn't it the bachelorette capital of the world? Absolutely, yes. And it's all right. So there was this one joke. So uh, so we're we're like, damn, we're walking down the streets and we see, we're like, damn, there's a lot of women. They're like, they're literally like buses of women around here, right? No joke. Thirteen seconds later, a bus, a fucking girl. Go, no way. <laughs> this really got it was just perfect timing because we were like, it's like they're just busting them in. Uh, just yeah, Nashville is a blast, but I don't know if I'll enjoy it as much anymore because I, I stopped drinking. Right. And How's that going for you, by the way? I'll be honest. Best. <laughs> is that old fashioned? This is a screwball. This is my favorite thing in the world. Now, now, don't it's get me honor. wrong. I, I drink. I used to drink drink and old fashions was my shit. But uh, oh, no way. Yeah, I love it. I can make a mean. I'll, I'll still make a mean old fashioned. Stopping drinking was the best decision I've ever made for myself by far. And that, don't forget, That's I was amazing. 400 pounds. And to, to lose that weight was a huge decision. But the drinking was, was more important, I think. Was the drinking a part of that weight loss? Or was that more like tied into like, you know, just how you wanted to be better every day and you wanted to have more confidence without drinks and all that jazz? Yeah, it was more that second part. You know, I because uh, I, I was a heavy drinker while I was losing that weight, you know what I'm saying? So that wasn't really the thing. But to me, it was a, I, it, I got so used to needing that to feel invincible. Right. You know, cause you know, that's what it does. Liquid courage, right? I, here's when I remember when I started to believe drinking was a problem for me. When I would go to a bar with the fellas and there'd be girls I'd want to talk to and wouldn't talk to them. I'd feel like that weird, like that anxiety, approach anxiety. But when I was drunk, I wouldn't have that at all. Right. And then that's been bothering me for years. Like, man, we need to get to a point where that's not a problem, you know? And that's a problem for most guys. Most guys deal with like approach anxiety because you, you, rejection's a motherfucker, right? No one wants to feel that. <laughs> but uh, when I, st- what I've learned by stopping to drink, because my issue was like, it, it had nothing to do with, with like, uh, I guess at the end of the day, what, why do we do drugs, right? Why do we drink and do drugs? I would imagine it's to, 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 to hide, get away from something. Would you agree with that? Sure. Yeah, for the most part, I would. And uh, it, it made me feel like I was invincible, you know, but the stopping to drinking is made me feel even more invincible. Right. Because you're it, like you're in your reality. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You're right, though. You're right. Drinking for me was so and I drank hard, like hard, like out the bottle hard, you know, because my whole thing was and I hate do you actually like drinking ultimately? Like the way it tastes. How about this? Better question. Do you like the way it tastes ultimately? Okay. This is always like a hard question for me to answer because 
I would have to say no for the most part, but there are some beverages that I enjoy. And honestly, like I'm not a big drinker anymore. Um, so now it's just for me to like enjoy it if I like the taste. That's why I like this group on the rocks. It's like peanut butter. Um, what about uh, like Trulies and shit like that and the White Claws? It tastes like cough medicine. <laughs> it like blew up. Like the world blew that shit up. Especially right. white women. White women love some motherfucking white claws, boy. That's it's, a thing. You don't? I never got it. Like, I didn't get it. I'll drink them now. It kind of, like, came around to it a little bit because it just became, like, something that was always available and it was light and refreshing. But, like, <laughs> truthful, I don't really enjoy them at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know uh, Mike. You know Mike, my, my roommate Mike. He uh, yeah. he was a Jack and Diet, di Jack and Diet drinker. And, uh, yeah, no, right? I mean, I drink those, too. Uh, I would drink any goddamn thing, but he um, he started drinking Trulies and White Claws, and he he's like it makes him feel a little better. It's almost like you're drinking like a club soda with some alcohol. Okay. Would you like? That's, you like club soda? Yeah, I'll do it. Oh, so I mean, it's you okay. Don't love it. It's not my favorite. What a about Mio? Seltzer, what about okay. you? Mean in wine? Like in wine? I love wine, but I like like plain wine. I don't want to mess with the seltzer shit so much. When I was a kid, um, my grandma from Argentina would always have these like really elaborate dinners for like three people, but she would always pour me like a wine spritzer and I felt really cool. So that was like my introduction to wine in general and wine spritzers. So I think when I got older, I was like, just give me the good shit, you know, forget the seltzer, right. just go for the wine. But um, I don't know, maybe that's why I don't really care for it. It's just kind of added fluff. Yeah, it is fluffery. Yeah. Now, I, I like red wine. I Listen, I say if I ever go back to drinking, which I'm not sure at this point, but if I ever do, I definitely will drink wine. Because that, oh, yeah? although those headaches would, those headaches sometimes can be kind of brutal. Um, so, so brutal, especially if you do some cheap shit, you know, oh, God. What is it, the so sulfates that do it? Was it the sulfates that do that shit? Yes. Oh. That shit takes me down for like three days, you know. It's like night more. <laughs> three days, you get old, huh? <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so, like, so Mike drinks, right? He's still a drinker. Um, okay. Now, since I've been, I've, I'm going on like almost six months now without a sip of alcohol, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I would have never in a million years, like me, to start drinking. Fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> but watching him like struggle, like the next day, makes it real easy for me to be like, yeah, I never want to feel like that. Right. No. And you like waste, you waste so much time, in my opinion, you know, to each their own. But it started getting to a point for me, like when I kind of like cut back a lot. Um, not only did I hate feeling like shit, but I am a person who likes to be productive. I like to produce things. I like to create. Um, and when I'm like laying in bed watching Netflix for three days, it's just such a waste. Yeah, you know, and I like Netflix, but yeah, if you just sit there, yeah, that shit sucks. Now, did you You're like did, bed sores and everything? Uh, you gotta get bed sores. Over. <laughs> You've had bed sores. I've never had a bed. I don't even know what that's like. No, oh, okay. <laughs> Look, did you have? Did you drink? Drink? Like, did you ever have an issue with drinking or anything? I would say, yeah. I mean, for sure. I I partied and drank a ton in my day, especially like as a teenager and then going to my early twenties. And like you said, it was a way for me to escape. It was a way for me to like be funny and loud and outgoing and crazy and wild and like not have to deal with my real shit. It was definitely a way for me to hide. Um, didn't know that at the time. 
So, you know, when you start going through like growth processes or things like that, those are the types of things that you become aware of. And so I made a conscious effort to, to slow down and cut back. And um, anyway, yeah. So I would say it was a, a rager, but- um, You used to go ham, huh? Okay, turn oh, it yeah. up, turn up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like, I'm not gonna lie. I'm definitely an addict. So- Aren't we all coffee, though as of something? I think you have to be. Like everybody yeah. needs a security blanket, you know? Right. We just kind of fall to that. Sometimes you could be an addict to something that's good for you. Right. Like exactly. some people are addicted to working out and shit. Right. Because once you like levitate or elevate that pleasure threshold, you always got to get to it. So yes. you just keep going and going and going. So they say that's, gotta... that's the thing about alcohol. Once it's, it's fun, as long as the blood alcohol co uh, content is going up, as long as your, your percentage is going up, it's fun. Right. But what happens is as soon as you stop, that's when it's no longer fun. And you're like, ugh. that's why we keep drinking. Right. And, and it makes sense. I'm like, you know what? That's a good point because it's, they say it's a depressant, right? And to me personally, it's not a depressant when I'm, when I'm starting to drink. It actually makes me have more fun. Yeah. But what happened, I do notice the depressing part when I, I kind of stop, you know, I'm like, okay, now this sucks and all the bullshit comes out, you know? Right. Um, you ever had a problem with anything else? You ever done anything else? And you don't have to answer that question if you don't want. Um, yeah, I mean, I join the club. Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a hard question. You know what? Let me. How about this? Let's pivot. Yeah. But on the same topic, what I do like about you is I have personally witnessed you growing, and, oh, you. and putting yourself in what seems like you. And you've talked about this: how you were uncomfortable at one moment, yes. and you keep trying to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. And can I just ask you what the, what your whole growth? When did you start to make a growth thing? Because it's very obvious that you're growing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, that's really cool to hear. And first of all, I just want to say, like, everyone's on their own journey, you know. And growth can look like a lot of different things. But for me, <clears throat> honestly, it had a lot to do with um, learning about self-awareness. And that was probably several years ago. I was living in St. Louis. I was working at a place with a friend. Um, I was with my now husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, and I was going to sleep. And this to me was like a trifecta because I was making mistakes in these like important relationships and having people like put me in my place with things that like I was completely unaware of. And then going to SLU University and learning about um, like self-awareness. you? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I was going, I was like taking classes online or whatever. And I was like taking theology and just really cool, interesting classes. And self-awareness was like not a term I had ever heard before. Um, and then taking like philosophy and stuff, that was the hardest shit for me to take at the beginning because like I couldn't wrap my mind around it. My mind was not developed like in that sense yet. So it's, it's a process, you know, and that kind of like started it all. And then I started going to therapy um, I continued taking classes. I continued, um, I, I took a DBT class through therapy, which is dialectical behavioral therapy. What's that? And it kind of taught me like where the behaviors were coming from that I had now gained the awareness of, but didn't know why I was making these choices. Um, and it learned, it teaches you how to be aware of those things, how to change your brain function and, um, just created a whole new life for yourself. Get on a different path. So, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm grateful for St. Louis very much in that sense. Man, um, let me. How 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 good does it feel? I know the answer to myself. But I want to ask you: How good does it feel to come to that realization of how much growth is possible? It's pretty amazing, and right. it's, it's powerful. It's empowering. Um, and I think like a key element to take away from that is to remember that like it's never ending. So the potential is limitless. Sorry, I just didn't think of your own company. Yeah, I remember that. For real, the potential is there's no end. Whatever you want, it's all in here. It's all in here. You got to get aligned and you manifest. It's it's funny. Like the older I get, the more I feel like I have to unlearn shit. That's how it feels. Yeah, absolutely. Things that I thought like, oh, this is the way to do it. And then I'm like, oh, wait, there's a whole nother and better and smarter and more efficient way. And, and even that might not, there might be another way. Right. And I feel like my growth started. Now, people always ask, like, how are you so confident? How are you so confident? I get that all the time. And truth be told, I'm probably not in a lot of situations. I'm sure we all are. Uh, to be honest, if I'm being brutally honest, that's what the cares none is to be. If I'm being brutally honest, to, to say cares none is probably because you care too much. Right. So I, 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 I say this shit to, to kind of convince myself to stop caring about dumb shit, right? And I, and I hope that totally. that's what registers with the whole thing is that we all care about certain shit too much. So try to teach yourself to say cares none. Now, don't get me wrong, some shit you should care about. You know what I'm saying? So, sure. but I think so, it's to different people, it's different things. But what I have learned is that knowledge and no matter what it's about, just feels good. I mean, I used to go away from trying to learn shit. Like, I remember in school being like, oh, I'd rather just fuck around. You know, I'd rather just fuck yeah. with people. But like, man, like I, I get a high now from learning new shit. And how For do you sure. feel about learning new shit? I'm like a lifetime student, for sure. Like, I think knowledge is, to be cliche, knowledge is power. Like, it's everything. Um, it's the base of it's a it's the basis of everything and i love 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 to learn i'm at a point now where like i've totally accepted that i don't know it all i'm okay with that i'm glad that i don't i want to learn from people i i want to be an open book i want to be like an open vessel just like fill me up you know um and it's funny that you said um that like you're in you're learning that you have to unlearn a lot of things. I was just thinking about this last night, like I swear to God, like we are all in a process, especially right now, I think of unlearning a lot and it's very uncomfortable and you have to find a way to be comfortable with sitting in that discomfort Mm. of unlearning Mm. and just don't let your pride get in the way. Like it's all good. The benefit is exponential. So juice is way worth the squeeze for sure. Right. You just, um, people just gotta like put that shit aside and just open up. Yeah, I love learning. I think it's it's one of the most important things in life. Man, it's crazy. And I'll tell you this: as far as uh, as far as well, let me let, let's let's pivot again about the yeah. whole Black Lives Matter movement. And you yeah. were very along with a lot of people. So you know, and I think that's why everything was so because a lot of people, especially Caucasian, a lot of Caucasians, were like, "All right, I'm done with the bullshit." Right. right? And right. uh, tell me a little bit about your experience and when when shit clicked for you, because it felt like you had a click moment, too. And not saying that you probably weren't always a sweetheart, but, for, you know, the George Floyd shit kind of brought shit to a light 
to everyone. So tell me kind of how like the day or the moment or when you kind of was like, you know what, was it that moment? That was one of the moments. So like, I gotta say, for as long as I can remember, I have felt very strongly about standing up for people in any regard. Um, You know, I can recall jokes being made and me being that awkward person saying this isn't funny and being made fun of for that. Um, And then I got older and I didn't, you know, I think maybe like I lost some things or I just wasn't in the awareness again or whatever. And um, the Michael Brown thing happened in St. Louis. And I didn't witness the Michael Brown thing the way that I think a lot of other people that support Black Lives Matter did. I, I didn't get it. And I had some uncomfortable arguments on Facebook with strangers. And uh, one gentleman took the time to message me. I didn't even know him. He was a friend of a friend and like had a real conversation with me about it. And I was like, whoa. Black dude or white now dude? A white dude. Um, so he really helped me discover that. And then when, dude, I can't even talk about George Floyd without crying. Like that sealed for me. That was it. I heard that uh, a lot of people said, and I kind of agree. First of all, white women are the reason why this shit happened, right? Because white men was like, uh-uh. Like everyone's little Karen came out when it came to this moment. And it was, mm-hmm. it was the moment where he was calling out for his mom. Right. And I heard a lot of people were like, that moment is what was like, okay, I don't give a fuck what color you are, what you go through. If that was my motherfucking kid, we have a goddamn problem, right? And um, I remember that moment and thinking, my first thought was, damn, another video? Like, it, it, it was feeling like there was one every goddamn two, three weeks. And now, now I'll be, listen, this might be controversial, and I'll say this, cares none. I do not fear for my life when I get pulled over for by a police officer. Um, however, I do live in a, in, a, in, a, in a reality where, like, I'll take my hat off if I, if I see a cop pull up. Sure. I, I'll take my do-rag off. I'll make sure my music's turned down. Whereas my sure. brother Steve wouldn't, wouldn't even recall that. He's like, well, why are you doing that? And I'm like, <laughs> she, you better do that. You know what I'm saying? And that was the thought that I had. Um, so right. although I don't feel like my life was in jeopardy, I did feel like I had to change who I was. And I've never right. been some piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? We had like some thug or anything like that. I'm a regular guy, but I still, you know, don't, don't come to that light. And it's another thought. I've been in a situation and because I'm also, I'm a big dude too, right? So I'm bigger than everyone and I'm black. There's the whole blacks are aggressive thing, right? Especially mm. black women get that shit the most, but like blacks are aggressive. So I've, I feel like over the years, I've kind of like subconsciously taught myself to be extra bubbly, to not offer that energy. So you don't have to be afraid of me. Cause you know where sure. we grew up, even though our, our shit was a little bit more diverse than a lot, but it was still predominantly white, you know? Right. And so I just kind of always had to, you know, hey, and I've always been like that. And, and I think that that's, and, and listen, I like being fucking happy, right? At the end of the day, but that is where I'm like, you know what? Why do I have to change that up? And this person does not. Right. Absolutely. And that's kind of what happened with me, you know? But I want to say, first of all, thank you for being vocal as shit and putting yourself, because I, I can imagine how tough that is to get it from your own people to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And you, you right. still fight. Right. That, oh, I'm crazy. I'm crazy, Chris. I'm, I'm emotional and crazy to white people, I think. 
<laughs> oh, and, and, and you're female. You guys are all emotional like crazy. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I love it, though. I love it, though. I love a guy. I love feminine energy, but y'all motherfuckers. Whew. Um, yeah, but so I want to say thank you again for that. And uh, what was some of the, like, hard, did you get any, like, what was the harshest thing someone told you about that whole shit? You ever What's got the harshest thing someone what? Ever came at you about, like, like, why are you standing up? Like, why are you going, you ever got, like, what was the, the meanest thing you ever gotten? Oh, gosh. Um, Have you heard some crazy shit? Like, to you personally? Yeah, just name calling. Like, like, child level, uh, grasping at straws type of name calling. And it's like, how these people don't even know me, you know? Right, so, right, right. How did um, it make you feel? And then, and how did you get over that? That's a great question. So honestly, like through the whole process, emotions are already heightened, especially with like everything else that was going on. You know, everyone was at like a fucking, <laughs> I don't know, 90 out of 10, you know? Right, 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 right. So, and I'm a fiery person as it is. So when I would first get them, obviously my blood would like boil and it was like up to here. And I try not to be a reactive person, but I was reactive. And um, I don't like dishing it back, but I dished it back. And I was just like, fuck these people, you know? And then after that, um, a few times <laughs> of doing that, and a few like utter shit afterward, it brought me back to myself and like having conversations with my husband about it and being like, this is what they're saying. And this is why it upsets me. And, and this is what I want to say back. And like, he would have to be my sounding board for that and kind of help me realize who I was again what level I am at and what level works best for me and, and for everybody, to be honest. Um, I'm very grateful for that. I'm, I'm very lucky to have someone like help me stay in check because man, dude, like I lost my patience. I lost my ability to love. And I just wanted to like hurt people back and like say me things. And that's not cool either. Like you don't get anywhere with that shit, you know, but with these bullies, you feel like there's no other way. Um, but there is another way bullies die out you know you have to be above so so is, is your husband pretty outspoken too i know you're like outspoken outspoken which you're like the not the norm you can still and that doesn't mean that he's not for the cause but you're you know what i'm saying <laughs> like some people are like i'm about to come out i'm about to say something right. and somebody keeps like you all you know i, fu I right. fuck with it but i'm not about to be like you it, where do you think his level is compared to you so it's that's funny. He can be very outspoken with the right people, but he's not nearly as outspoken. He, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't share. And I wish that he did. I often tell him that he needs to start a podcast because a lot of people would like to hear what he has to say. He's very well educated and he at least sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Um, no, he definitely knows what he's talking about. And I actually have to go to him a lot of times to have things explained to me because I'm like, I know this this happened or this was said and I feel like it's wrong because of this like can you help me work through this and like he just knows what's up so um in terms of outspokenness if you know him and you know him well and he's willing to talk to you like he's a 10 right. otherwise he's probably like a one and he'll he'll share things randomly on Instagram but that's about it well um what what so I've noticed I want to talk to you about like the modeling and the art stuff because that's super interesting to me but I want to talk about what do you do to, to get comfortable being uncomfortable? Do you do any, what, what tricks do you have for people? If someone says, what can I do to get more comfortable? What would you tell them? Well. 
Yeah, I think have, get bit by a dog. That was perfect. Oh, you oh, have a nightmare, buddy. You say hi. Hey. I think he just had a nightmare. He just like woke up. It's okay. It's okay, brother. He's like, what? what um, happened? Who's the black dude? <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So. I don't know, like, I, I know what I do. I gotta think about it for a second. I know the very first, one of the very first uh, experiments that I did on myself to be comfortable with myself was, it was like right after I chopped off all my hair, which as you know, like- Gotta be a big move. Guys don't like that shit. You know, like people like long hair on women, they're gonna tell you that they don't like your hair, like all kinds of things. And I was already so insecure with myself and everything else. And I was How like, okay, when, when When was that? So it wasn't high school when I chopped it because like back then I didn't care, but it was like, um, it was several years ago here when I was like starting all this growth and everything. I chopped it off and I told myself that I look like a boy with short hair if I'm not wearing makeup. So then I was like, forget this. I need to learn how to love the way that I look. And I stopped wearing makeup. I stopped wearing it out in public. And I forced Did myself you stop shaving your legs. Yes, the whole thing. <laughs> um, your boy's like, God oh, damn, you cut me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I'm all, I, I love you. I love you. Can you at least get your leg? <laughs> I mean, it was good for his skin. So it all worked right, out. Right, right. I'm just fucking around. <laughs> um, no, but like, I forced myself into a situation that. Mm. I was totally uncomfortable with, and I did it every day and I stopped wearing makeup. And then I became so comfortable without makeup that I started feeling uncomfortable in makeup. Um, I was wearing no makeup all the time, but it was great because it taught me that, it taught me how to accept the way that I look. That was one thing that I struggled with and one thing I was uncomfortable with. And it helped on such a deeper level as well um, to put myself out there, fresh face, no hair, no makeup, and like, fuck it, this is me, accept it or not, because I'm here to have a good time and that's what you're gonna get. Some would say you're naturally beautiful though. Well, some, thank you. some, I, I don't know if that's me. I'm just saying, I've heard that people think this, you know, so it'd be a lot easy. I know this is bullshit, but you are definitely a, a easy to look at, makeup oh, okay. or not, hair or not. And I know that women, no, <laughs> uh, hey, let, me, let me ask you that. Do you, how do you feel about compliments? Oh. I hate them. <laughs> They're so uncomfortable. But that's another thing. Like, um, you know, people say you should say thank you when someone compliments you. And I hate that shit too, because then it's like, well, what? So now I, they, they know that I think that I'm good looking and no, that's not the case. So I've had to force myself to say thank you to compliments, even when I may not see or whatever, but someone is trying to be nice to you. And, and that's another thing that you can do. Like you have to sit in that feeling say thank you and walk away with it. But you I know personally, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that. I, I fucking love them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you, you shit, you damn right, motherfucker. <laughs> no, I, I love a compliment. And you know what it is? It was my, I think I started to accept it because it was my way of, uh, because one, they do come from a good place most sure. of the time. I know women might have to worry about that a little bit. Some guys, oh, you're hot. And you know, you just trying to fuck me or something. So I get that. But let's, let's minus that, um, it's easy for me to accept compliments. Now, again, we're all different. But the reason I accept them is because I take it's it's my like my boost. Like okay, because I don't believe what they're saying, so it's like okay, maybe it is true. 
Right. If, if more, if one, if more than one person saying something, maybe it's true. Now, I, and I'm, I don't like doing that either because then that means you're you're putting value in other people's opinions still, which right. sucks. It sucks because <laughs> if if they're good opinions, you feel great, but if they're bad, you feel low. Right. So I would argue the best way to for your psyche is to to be even keel about the good shit and the bad, you know. Sure. And as Stay humble. Like, accept yeah. it. Well. I'm what's the best humble. compliment? I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off. What's the what's your favorite compliment to get, Chris? Other than you have the best smile. I do get that one a lot. Um, fuck. I ain't gonna lie. This is gonna sound ridiculous. I get a lot of compliments, you know. Okay. Um, but Let's I would it. say. The one that makes me feel the best are the ones that say you helped me do this. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, let me tell you a quick story. I was I was a server at this restaurant called the White Chocolate Grill. And I'm just being myself. And I, I feel like I'm a pretty damn good server, but I'm also Chris Campbell, right? That's my thought. So I'm just literally just being myself to these people. It was an older couple and uh, we had a great time laughing it up. I'm saying it was kind of dead. So I had time to kind of talk to him a little bit. Towards the end of the meal, the wife goes, Chris, can, can we talk to you for a second? You got a moment? I'm like, yeah, what's up? It's dead in here, you know? And then the husband goes, no, 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 stop, stop. She goes, no, 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 we got to tell her. And I have no idea what the fuck's going on, right? So right. I'm like, all right. I'm like, all right, well, what's up? I'm all like, what the fuck? She goes, so we just came back from the doctor. And my husband here has terminal brain cancer. And I'm like, oh, that's powerful right now. I'm like, <laughs> And, you know, like what in those moments, like, okay, like, damn, I'm like, I'm sorry, you know? And she goes, and then the, the husband's like, you know, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, this, this just took a turn. And she goes, Chris, your energy and your vibe has just made our day. And we can't, we've been thinking about you. Every time you walk away, we're talking about you, da, 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 da. And I just wanted to say, thank you very much. Cause we, you know, and it was that whole thing for like five minutes. And then the husband's like, yeah, man, thanks a lot. And I'm just like, that was one of the coolest things I had ever gone through, experienced in my life. Yeah. Because like, dude, that 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 dude's num days were numbered. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, That's and he, huge. And he felt the need to to go out of his way. He, like, it's one thing to to feel away, but he like wanted to stop me and let me know. So, I, I like when I can truly affect someone's, because I know what I need. You know, I know like. Right. I know what I, how I need to feel better. And, if, and, and I go to a lot of different people to feel better. So I can imagine if, I don't know, DJ Khaled, who I used to look up at one point, it was like, Chris, you know, da, 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 that would make me feel good. So, and I, and it makes, and it keeps me accountable too. Right. So like, I have moments where I'm not strong. I have moments where I'm fucking weak. I have moments where I'm like, where I fuck up and I overeat and or whatever, you know, I have these moments, but then what keeps me accountable is like, okay, but there's a lot of people out here now that yeah. fuck, you know, they kind of look up to you for strength. So I'm like, okay, um, and it helps me put me back in, you know, in line with where I believe I should be, you know? Right. So I would say, yeah, definitely inspiring people at the end of the day. I like to make people laugh and, you know, or like when I'm having sex and like, I'm killing it. I like that shit too. Uh, <laughs> like I get a lot of that shit, but, but I, I would say inspiring to me. What about you? That's I know amazing. You don't like but well, that's amazing. I mean, I, how do I follow that? That's, that's the key right there. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head because we're humans and we can kind of like fall off the path or whatever. We're all over the place or whatever the case may be. Um, and sometimes I, I question like, why am I doing this? Why am I sharing my outfits? Why am I sharing my mental state? Why am I doing all this stuff? You know, 
But then you get like one person who's like, I really needed this today. Thank you for being so vulnerable. All it takes is one, too, to feel that. Yeah. And it's that's everything. That's everything. That's you living in your purpose. That's you connecting with a human and your energy or whatever it is that you're you're giving off or you're offering like has helped somebody. For that's sure. And what I've learned over these years of putting myself out there is that a lot of people fuck with you that you might not know fuck with you. So people like just kind of like just watching this shit and seeing it and they just, okay, I fucked with you. And then one day they get the courage or whatever, or whatever the reason is to, to reach out and say, Chris, sure. I've, been, I've been fucked with you for this long, da, 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 da. And it's like, damn. So just because you might not get the likes or the comments or whatever, doesn't mean that you're still not doing something. Right. So exactly. I've, I've noticed that, man, that's a, holy shit. That, that's a, that we're talking about an addiction. I'm addicted right. to that. <laughs> and, and, and to me, and to me, that's an addiction. That's like a, a good one, you know, for the likes. No, for the fact that someone is like inspired, you know, yes, that's, yeah. I get addicted to that feeling. Holy shit. I gotta keep going. Yes. It's motivating. It gives you a purpose. Sure. And if, yeah. Like you said earlier, it gives you like a purpose, you know, now let yeah. me ask you this. When did you decide to go full fledged? I'm about to be an artist slash model. Cause I like how you, you do it with like an angle not just showing off. You do it like artsy. You yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? So like, when was it? Tell me that whole goddamn thing. That shit is dope. Thank you so much. Yeah, turn up. Um, I decided that I had never decided that that was decided for me when I was a kid. I always knew that I was going to be an artist. I studied it. I did it. Um, it's what I stuck with. I studied like dance later on and performing arts. And that kind of became like my artistry. But then just more recently and lately, I've been getting, I've been trying to get back into like other things. So it started with like working at the a clothing boutique and like getting fashion together and things like that and trying to like develop my artistry in different ways and challenge myself. And it was fucking painful and difficult. But again, that's part of the growth process. Um, so I've always known, I think I like left her behind for a while, you know, mm. just like, who's this chick? And then all of a sudden, she was like, you forgot about me. So that's kind of how that all came about. Yeah, because I'm, it, it's, did more, I answer that? it's more, yeah, you <laughs> did. It, it's what, what I noticed in my perspective is that it's more, you're like trying to paint a picture with your, with yeah. your art and modeling. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, what would you say is your vibe? What are you, what are you trying to get across? Like, what is your, your, your purpose for the art? So I always want to tell a story. I think that art should make people feel something. And I do tend to like to get political or make a statement with it. I, I can be like sarcastic in my art. And I don't know if like a lot of people catch up on that. Um, but Cares none. to me, it's important to convey a message and show like where you're at in this moment right now and tell a story. But I also like to kind of tell like fairy tale stories and make believe stories like, an English tea party in the woods and aren't we fancy and drab at the same time? I don't know. I just, I like there to be like a story. Right, right, right. Um, so when did you first post something? No, that's, that's a dead dumb question. When it, cause it feels like you, you, you're like, you went official. When did you feel like it got official? Cause I would say like you officially have this artistry thing going and, and have you, has it always been that way? Have you always done like, have you ever done like on runway modeling or anything like that? 
No, I have done, I have been in a runway show once. It was, um, I volunteered to help this girl that I met in St. Louis launch like her bags that she developed and created and um, was pitching to the world. So I became her like backstage manager at this like little runway thing that we did. And then I walked in it as well. And I was like terrible, but um, I loved it. It was very invigorating. I think- um, Wait, you never went back? What? You never went back? You never did it again, huh? No, I Would you didn't. do it again? Would you do it again? I would. Yes, I would. I would do it again. I would definitely do it again. Um, I enjoy modeling very much. I, I like more like creating the whole thing, you know? Like I want to design mm. the set. I want to put, I want to style the shoot. I want to direct the models or whatever. I want to take the photos. I want to edit them. Mm. And like, I think through the process, I kind of learned that that's what I really love to do. Um, so I like being in them for sure, no doubt. And I would definitely do it again, but I didn't like pursue it hard. I think I'm still developing as well. Not that that's an excuse or anything, but I think what really, what nailed it for me, because Chris, like I've dealt with a lot of shame and I still do in my life. And that caused me to like hide a lot of parts of myself. So coming out again as an artist and as a person who's going to be in photos and share her face with the world, that was extremely difficult, extremely difficult for me. Um, and this one photographer, Kyle, that I worked with, it was uh, the first time that we had shot together. And he was shooting me and everything and like kind of giving me direction. And he finally came up to me and was like, all right, don't, don't make any, uh, don't tighten your muscles, let go of your mouth, do this, do that. And he snapped mm. this photo. And when I saw it, I just cried. Like I had never seen myself like that, like true me. Um, and it was so beautiful. And we were creating another time or whatever. And I was like, you know, I'm afraid to share these things. I know that I'm an artist, et cetera, et cetera. But like, what if my boss sees this? Or what if like, mm. you know, this isn't acceptable to people or whatever. And he was like, Gina, you're an artist. And then it was just like, yeah, I am. What am I doing? You know? So those Would are definitely some defining moments for me. How empowering, empowering is it to overcome that fear? Oh, it's extremely overpowering. Or it's, it's extremely empowering. Like, damn, like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it's difficult. Right, know? right. It's Super difficult. difficult. Like, it's very empowering, but it's still a hurdle. It's like mm. not a hurdle that you just get over once. Okay, it's going. like the hurdle that never ends, you know? So um, when you can have those moments, do it you know, and hold on to that and remember it for next time. Um, Cause then it, it starts to get easier, but yeah, those, those moments are extremely empowering and it feels damn good to know who you are. Yeah. Like, um, and here's what I've learned. And a lot of what I've learned, I, I started learning it through dealing with women. Right. And sure. the things that I was now, mind you, I was raised by all women, no father figure, uh, you know, super femininity throughout my entire first 15 years of my life, you know? So then I just naturally ended up gaining a lot of that kind of energy. Um, and so I was a very well-liked guy my whole life. Everyone thought, oh, look, even when I was a big guy, I thought it was fun. You know, everyone, oh, Chris, is LC, da, da, da. Yeah. For some reason, I wasn't super, super, for being so liked, I wasn't great with the women, right? So I had to learn 
I'm like, well, how come all these other motherfuckers who no one likes nearly as much as me, but how come the women are going to them and not me? So and right. then, then I got my heart broke. And then I vowed to learn like what the fuck is going on. So I had to read books and did all kinds of shit. I've talked about this on the pod a lot. Sorry for those who've already heard it, but I got to say it again. <laughs> and so I learned that I had to change my perspective and what was possible, you know? Right. And, and, and I learned that through women and the things that I thought w- were a thing or is not like, for instance, what like masculinity. I had a mm-hmm. buddy recently say to me, he hates masculinity. And I'm like, that's a strong, powerful statement. And, uh, and which is funny because I look at him and I'm like, dude, you're pretty masculine. You know, here's <laughs> here's where I think the disconnect was, because when I hear that, I hate that. But I think what he meant was toxic masculinity which I'm okay. not a fan of either, you know? I, I think there's been a, there's been a thing, and tell me if you agree with this, there has been a, I don't wanna say an attack on masculinity. It, it, it should be an attack on mask, uh, toxic masculinity, but I think that there's some masculinity that's accepted, you know? But it's the toxic shit and the controlling shit that no one, you know, that shit sucks. You know, if you got right. that, that's no good, but it's okay to like be firm to yourself, stay strong to your convictions. To, to, you know what I'm saying? And he yeah. said that and it threw me off. And I, and, and I think you, if he doesn't, if you just say masculinity, that's, I, I feel like that's not cool because to me, it's a yin and yang thing, right? Sure. And again, there's the toxic. So I want to make sure I'm saying there is definitely toxic masculinity. But if you're not toxic, which I think I've gotten blessed because I had femininity in my soul for all those years. So I, I've learned how to like truly respect and understand and, and, and acknowledge and appreciate femininity, but then had to learn the masculine part. So I was able to kind of learn both. You see what right. I'm saying? That's why I can say something vulnerable and still say it with masculinity. Right. Whereas I think toxic masculinity, a lot of people say, oh, you gotta be tough. You know, you can't, you can't show that. It's like, mm, I would say that that's not masculine. You know what I'm saying? If you can't be true to what the fuck you feel, then you ain't masculine to me. That's how I look at it, you know? Right. So how do you feel about the whole masculinity, toxic masculinity? Is it okay to be masculine? You know, that's a really interesting question. I first want to touch on the fact that you were talking about like the power of perspective because Mm. our thoughts determine everything, right? So if you're going to focus on negative thoughts, you're going to draw in negative adventures into your life. Um, and the same is true for positive thoughts. So my perspective on that, I wonder if I need a little bit more of an example because I'm kind of in this like mindset now where I'm wondering why there needs to be this like defining masculinity versus femininity role. Um, I. I understand that masculine energy exists and feminine energy exists, but I'm still trying to understand it on a deeper level because I don't feel that it is proper to teach our children that there are these defining roles and defining expectations of a sex. Um, I think right there in itself is toxic and that, that divides us immediately. We're like, you've had a lot of feminine influence in your life. So, it's just, it's human, 
for you to be able to be vulnerable. Like that to me is like acceptable human quality, not like you're in touch with your feminine side or you're not masculine or you're a real man because you can show feelings. You know, I'm just trying to get away from that kind of talk in general because it's just kind of like buying into this notion that that even needs to exist when I think it's kind of like a made up thing. Okay, uh, let me let me rebuttal a little bit because I, oh, I agree with yeah. you on some of that. But some of the rebuttal I would say is the reason I even brought that up is because when I changed my philosophy to add what I thought was a, a good masculinity, I was now more attractive to women. Okay. So when I changed what I believe was more masculine thoughts, all of a sudden now I'm getting that energy from the women that I had desired all those years. So to me, in my personal experience, masculinity has definitely helped. Again, I want to be very clear, not toxic. Right, right. And let me give you an example of what I believe is a masculine thing that's not toxic. Um, this happened to me recently, actually. Let's say someone's going, a, a lady friend mm -hmm. is, uh, is having a, a stressful moment, PMS moment, which this person told me she was. So I'm not just making sure. it up. She, she goes, she was just, she was stressed out. And I could, I could see it in her. Now, the masculine, to me, the masculine was understand that. Don't react. She's going through an emotion that she admits later that it was is a lot harder to control and to stay there and then be strong for that moment. To me, okay. that's masculine behavior. Instead of okay. saying, why the fuck are you yelling at me, stupid? You know what I'm saying? I could be doing that and just walk the fuck out. But I was like, calm down. Right understand and to me that is what i mean by masculine behavior uh another masculine trait to me would be like say you and i are dating and i'm coming home and say hey, what you want to eat and you're like well i don't care and i'm like you sure and you're like yeah i don't care you pick something and i say well i'm gonna get taco bell and you're like nah i had taco bell you know nah, nah, nah. and so yeah. here's what most guys do in that moment they say well what about burger king and the girl's like nah you know we had that two weeks ago all right, what about pizza? No, I don't know if I'm feeling pizza. <laughs> so what I do is I say, how you feel about Taco Bell? And she goes, eh, I don't feel about that. I'm saying, well, I'm getting Taco Bell. You will, I'll get you some and we can get you whatever decision you make, but I'm getting Taco Bell. And to me, that's being, I'm standing firm in my belief. One, because you could not make up your mind. I gave you the option. You couldn't make it up. <laughs> Here's the thing. Women, from what I have gathered, tend to make, a lot more decisions emotionally based, especially when it comes to food. Sure. Right. Whereas guys are like, we'll just eat fucking Doritos all goddamn day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they tend to make more decisions emotionally, which, which I would argue is a gift. Cause sometimes like, sometimes if, if you bring more of that compassion in, which women tend to be more compassionate, mm -hmm. you can make some better choices in my eyes, you know? Um, so that's what I mean by like masculine energy. I don't mean like okay. I, I work out. You know, her, you know, and I, that's not what I'm talking about. That, that's that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? It's not that. So I get what you're saying. Cause in, in my buddy, Dier, who's the, one of the co-hosts on the show, he's kind of where you're at with let's eliminate all that shit. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I see, I see the value in that. Like, dude, why do we even have to do that? But what I can also say is there's been a complete change in how I get reaction from feminine energy when I have gained more masculine energy, which makes me feel like more of a yin yang thing. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause when I'm, yeah. when I'm the same as them, it, it ain't a yin yang. But when I get the other part, it fits a lot better. 
So that's what I'm in. That's kind of where I am at with that whole thing. Yeah, I respect that. Um, I would kind of say, you know, that makes that definitely makes sense. And I think like what I would say back to that is that we can tell ourselves whatever we want and it's going to work because that's the power of, of thought in our mind and the power of positive thought. You know, what you're going to change inside yourself and put out there is what you're going to get back. Um, and I'm not going to like take away any of the success that you've had with this like mind shift or anything like that. Cause I think that's pretty damn amazing. Wait, hold on. It's not just, it doesn't have to be man and woman. It could be woman and woman, man and that's man. Yeah. That's what I'm so, saying. Like, yeah. So like I, as you can tell, like I interrupt or whatever, or I'm like excited to stop listening and talking myself. That's something that I'm working on as a human. No, but, first of all, yeah, we all got that. <laughs> right, exactly. No, talk, so, baby, talk, shit, interrupt, fuck me. So if my partner's having a bad day and I'm telling myself to shut up and listen and like not jump in and, and save, um, does that does that mean that I'm acting feminine or masculine or? No, you know, I would, personally, I wouldn't categorize that. I would categorize that as just, you know, fucking being a dope ass human, you know what I'm saying? Knowing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And that's something having yeah. this podcast I've had to work on. And, and that's the one thing that so anybody who's listening who wants to work on that, have a podcast because if, if you're just one-sided the whole time, that's not going to be a great podcast. So I've had to learn to shut the fuck up. Listen, <laughs> and, then, and then listen, listen. Because a lot of times we can shut the fuck up, but then we're just, we're trying to process what we're going to say. And we're, we're only listening to 50% of what the other person's saying. Right. So I'm trying to get better and I still have moments, but I'm trying to get better at, and I, I catch myself in the moment saying, wait, are you, are you listening? You know, and I'm like, shut, like, listen, 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 listen. Don't just right. listen, listen, listen. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, to me, that wouldn't be a masculine or feminine behavior. I, I personally, that would just mean you're just dope, which you know you are, motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but not, but, but you're that's right. that's kind of uh, my point though. Yeah. You know, well, sorry. Well, well that's kind of my point and I, I don't know. I just think that, um, I don't know, Chris, I, I'm proud of you. I think that what you're doing is amazing. And I think that the fact that you're doing self-work is like phenomenal. I just don't totally agree with this masculine feminine thing. No, no. I, I like I said, and, and, and there's definitely some things, <laughs> no, but listen, and, and I, and I'm trying to work on it too. Um, I, I, I would say that I've just noticed a change in my whole life, everything about it, when I've started to implement what I believe is a healthy masculine behavior. Because I think like, for instance, a lot of girls have told me like, how about this? Let me, let me give an example, not to get okay. too freaky. When, when <laughs> girls, like, let's say there's a situation where there's a girl and a guy and you know, and like cuddling or whatever, or not even cuddling, they're sitting on the couch watching Netflix, you know, and there's tinges in the air. Guy's like, man, I want to, you know what I'm saying? And she's like, I, you know, I hope he does something. In that situation, if the, unless you're like with your partner for a while, whatever, if it's like the first time, nothing happens unless the guy, for the most part, makes a move. Like, 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 like 90% of the time, you know, I don't know the exact number, but, and to me, masculinity means fear. Like it, it, if you Google it, it like tends to be fearlessness, right? So okay. you have to be able to, make that move uh, knowing that you might get rejected. You know what I'm saying? It's that she might be like, nah, and then you have to 
process in my word theater and all this, da 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 da. And so to right. me, and and this so let's describe what masculinity is in, in my opinion. There's fearlessness, it's not being non-reactive, right? Uh, femininity tends to be a little bit more reactive. Femininity tends to be more nurturing. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Women are fucking great at nurturing and compassion. Guys aren't not so much. And it grants, right. don't get me wrong. There's, you know, there's, there's some people that are dope body, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, if there was, if me and you were in a, in a random elevator and then a baby pops in the room, like, a, like just out of nowhere, a baby, I would think you would have more natural understanding of what to do in that moment. You would sure. just, you don't have a child, right? No. Okay, but I bet you you'd figure that out quicker than I could. But on the flip side, yes. On the flip side, if there's two fucking, if we're in that same elevator and two big ass men coming here on some fighting shit, wouldn't you expect me to kind of like, like try to figure this out a little bit? <laughs> right? Like, I'm yes. like, what if I'm like, nah, Gina, help me out? You'd be like, what? <laughs> that's so. That's what I mean. That's that's what I mean by that. And and I think that I I definitely see your point, but like. I don't know, Chris. I'm like, hoops out, bitch. Let's go. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's what makes you dope, there, because you'll fight the motherfuckers, too. Hey, listen, I'll try to help the baby, too. I'll be like, oh, shit, we got to do something. I'll let it suck on my teeth, too. Shit. Right. <laughs> uh, and it's, listen, it's a, it's, a, it's a fluid thing. It's a, I'm working yeah. on my mindset. Um, but like I said, I, I think that masculinity gets a bad rap sometimes because of some shitty fucking men. You know what I'm saying? That it's I can agree with. Yeah. The, and there's the a Weinstein, lot of shitty dudes out there. Yes, ton. Sorry. You know, and then what happens is because in, in the Me Too movement was needed because there's a lot of bullshit and it's still bullshit, right? But what it has also done, and I think this is kind of the ugly underbelly of it, it's it's made men less, very generally speaking, like more scary to do things. You know, I've heard countless women tell me like, "Where the fuck are the men at? Where's the men?" Right. Now, they see males, but where are the men? And I, right. I see that a lot, you know? And even when I have this conversation with women, they're always like, you're right, yeah, you're right, da, 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 da. So that's what I mean. It's just like, like not, it, people like, and I get it because it, a girl has complete control of her goddamn body and you want to do, you know, but my point is, is that if, you, if you're even scared to go for it because you're scared, you're scared that you might do something wrong, I've learned that for me, fuck that fear. If you're coming from the, a, a right mindset, if you're being like, if, if I'm not a piece of shit about it, there's very clearly, there's been some signals. You know what? I think she likes me. I'm willing to make that move in that situation. I'm not gonna just make the move because I'm a goddamn guy. Like, oh, <laughs> nice tits. That's bullshit. Right. That, and I'm right. totally, I, I agree with that. But it's also okay that if, you know, if girls give you a little, you know, Girls give signals all the time. They're not as ridiculous as men's signals, but girls give signals all the time. Oh, For sure God. they do. You know, and sometimes <laughs> it's super subtle. And they almost sometimes, from what I've gathered, they almost want to know. They'll, they'll give you a signal and they see if you even pick up on it. Right. And you motherfucking women so dope. Like, I'm like oh, figuring you guys out has been like the most interesting. Not that I figured you out, but like trying to. It's, yeah. it's, it's changed my whole perspective. You know, because uh, the woman yeah. drinks so complex and so dope and you guys are so capable of so much shit and then you've gone through so much shit and if, if i believe in what i talk about the shit makes you better right I, the shit always makes us better and the fact right. that you guys went through shit for like the beginning of time there's only a, a, a great side coming from this it, the way right. i look at life you know so let's not yeah. get it mistaken women are dope as fuck i love femininity i need that shit in my life but i don't think it's wrong 
to fucking be the yin and yang today, personally. I definitely can agree with that. I, I see what you're saying for sure. And, and to this, I will say, <clears throat> in that sense, like the most masculine thing, in my opinion, is exactly what you're talking about. For a man to be um, elevated and for him to be evolved and be able to like work past his natural instincts or whatever he was taught or whatever the case may be, and like respect the woman. Um, Thanks. And if the woman needs less or more, it's stepping into that role and vice versa. Same for the woman to the man. You know, that, that energy and that relationship, however long it is, is between those two people. Right. So they kind of have to figure that out. Um, and I will also say one of the things that I've learned about men and women is that men need to feel like they're enough like they're they're the right person the right perfect amount of everything for the woman and the women need to feel um sought after or um needed wanted like desired is the better word yeah that's a yeah, so, i like how you put that that's a good yeah that's that's fucking that's a good way to put it dude like i hate thinking about shit like that because i do think that we need to like evolve past this all together but at the same time like learning that has helped me tremendously in my relationship personally what if we see let me interject what if because a lot of people and i think this is what Eric was saying he goes oh i think that we've been you know we're just brainwashed to think a certain thing in these gender roles and da 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 what if that's the way it's been since the birth of humans and it just saying. just recent just recently but then people are like uncomfortable like for instance you know amber hernandez right remember yeah. her yeah so she's a boss right like literally a boss chick and uh straight kills it tough nose hard ass you like she does her job very well yeah and i can't tell you how many times we've had talks she goes chris i hate it and she's great at it she goes, I hate it. I just kind of want to just fucking be home. I wanted to take care of a family. It, this is what she desires. But right. you know what I'm saying? So like it's it, it's, it's, in, it's in her soul that she, she does not want to do what men typically do. You know what I'm saying? And, sure. and I think that what's cool is what to me, what femin the feminist movement is, you should be allowed to make that fucking choice. Absolutely. That's what I mean. If you desire to be a fucking boss, then be a boss. If you desire to stay at home and do children and do that, to, to me, that's what that means. I, I, I don't think that you should be. I love how she was like, man, like, I, I just I hate it. She goes, it irks me. And she's so good at it. That was what was interesting. Very successful at it, too. So I'm like, that's interesting. You know, yeah. how do you feel about being a boss? Like, do you enjoy like being the leader? Yo, that's like such a good question this is something that i struggle with all the time because i always have these like dueling parts of myself and i can relate to amber so much like i actually love being a boss bitch like i do like being a leader a lot of times and then on the other hand i don't um and i have a very deep instinctual desire to be at home and have like 20 kids and just do the thing you know um i think that's like maternal instinct and i think most women probably have that um, I have a lot femininity? of girlfriends that would choose careers over family, but like, it's, it's rare. Like I know women who kill it and are amazing and like break glass ceilings and shit and they enjoy it. But at the same time, like they would prefer to be at home with their kids. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's definitely a lot of truth to that. And I, I think that's probably more common than that. 
and where I fall in it is like <laughs> always oh, yeah, battling, battling. But I'm happy. I'm happy to just retire from work permanently and be a stay-at-home mom. I mean, yeah. hey, let's be honest. Me too. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do all this crazy shit. You know what I get? I and I know you feel this because you're a creator. I get a high on creating shit. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Like yeah. you've been an artist for a while. I've just started this in the last, you know, few years or whatever. And it's like, man, I feel good when I've created something. Yes. There's I, so much release. It's very therapeutic, you know. Super. Hey, I want to yeah. I want to talk to you about your opinion on therapy. Ooh. Um and here's my question about it. I know sometimes there's a stigma about what are you crazy? What do you need therapy for? You know, and I just, although I've never had therapy, I totally am for therapy. And I, I kind of want to because it logically it makes sense. I, I feel like the whole fucking planet needs to talk to someone else who's who's not attached, who studied on how to get the answers out. Yes. So, like, how strong do you feel about how good has therapy been for you? I love therapy. I support it 100%. Um, I understand and have witnessed plenty of people, especially men, who their pride, I think, stops them from seeking help from an outside source or um, admitting that they need help. But I am all about it. And something that I am like very grateful for right now is that we're in this like extremely monumental moment in history where it's not only like okay to talk about your mental health anymore and like be there for one another or reach out to a therapist, but it's like encouraged. And it's become like a known important factor in a productive and healthy and happy life. And like people are talking about it. And like, to me, this is huge. And I think it, it creates this outlet and this kind of like open doorway and way for people to make that first step um, and to connect to someone who's able to give them the tools because your friends, your family, anyone else is going to be biased no matter what. And they might not have the right answer and it, their answer might like, you might like it, but it might not be like the healthiest answer right. for you. It could, and it could hurt you more. It could hurt you more. It could hurt right. them by putting right. them in this position that like, you know, I need you to help me which is okay. Like we should be able to like lean into one another. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean it like that, but um, you know, it, it, it kind of puts like a weird pressure on a situation that could like totally be alleviated and resolved. And I don't know, just worked through with like a professional. And I think that uh, it took me a long time to get there because I tried several therapists throughout the years. I wasn't ready. I never connected. And then I finally met someone and it was like, it was lightning, you know, and it was the best thing I ever did for myself. I'm so grateful for it. I think everyone should try it. I think like if you have kids, um, get them used to that at an early age, especially like early childhood traumas or, you know, and that could be anything like early childhood trauma could be like the littlest thing. If the kid feels invalidated or just whatever in any way, like they should be able to talk to someone about it because of course the parent is going to handle it in the parental way whatever way they see fit whether that's like coddling them or like not giving them enough and that could like worsen their experience their trauma and their healing so um firm believer everyone should do it get around speed dial him whoever it is hell yeah you do any kind of like meditating anything like i know you do you do yoga right 
I do. I do yoga. I haven't practiced in a long time. I love it. I think it's phenomenal. Um, meditating is not something that I do regularly, but I also 100% support. It's extremely difficult to do, in my opinion, and a lot of people agree with that, I think. But um, quieting your mind and learning how to sit in stillness is uh, very beneficial overall to like your health and your mental state. Do you so, know what the, the definition of meditation is? No, I know. Right. Once here's what helped <laughs> me with this whole meditation thing. All it is, is deep thinking. Mm. That's that's what and I do that a lot. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, and we all do. Some people meditate when they run. Some people meditate when they do this and meditate when they do that. Let me give you a little. You ever heard of a um, something called a uh, sensory deprivation chamber? Also, yes. a, have you done it? No. The float I'm tank. Scared. No. Okay. I, so, so first of all, the fact that you're saying that proves you should probably try it. Okay. Um, you know what I'm saying? Anytime I'm scared of something, I'm like, I got to do it. You know what I'm saying? If I'm scared, like if it's, if it controls me, I have to do it. Let me tell you what it is though. So, I mean, since you know, but for, for people who haven't heard this, it's like meditating on crack cocaine and it, <laughs> And it gets you there fast as opposed to if you're sitting in your room and like this thing. So the idea is you cut off all your senses, right? And you're in this float tank and, you know, and then it's just you and your fucking brain. That's it. Nothing else. You can't okay. smell, you can't taste, you can't hear, you can't feel. It's just you and your brain, which is scary to a lot of motherfuckers, right? Super scary. But to me, if you can fight that, what's more important than you and your brain? We were talking about it earlier. The brain is everything. Yeah. So. For me, when I, when I, I'm like, man, cause it was scary. So I went into this place and the guy's like, uh, you want to listen to some music? And I'm like, well, no, I thought the whole point was to not listen to music. He, goes, he was like, are you sure? I'm like, should I, should I? I'm like, you know, you know. And this is my toxic masculinity. You know what? No, I'm a man. I could do it. So <laughs> I don't fucking need that. <laughs> I'll die before I need, you know, dumb shit. Anyways, right. long story short, I, uh, so I go in there and, and I, so I'm like, you're naked, you're getting this thing, you know, super safe, super clean. I'm in this fucking room in this tub thing. In the first like four minutes, I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Like, this is an hour of just me. Like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> like, like, who do, like, and think about it. How many times you've jagged an hour scrolling on Instagram or something, you know, right. I, I drove, you know, four hours, boom, for one hour, just you and yourself, you can't do. So I'm like, okay. Like you've been, you've been preparing for this moment. It's uncomfortable. That's okay. Then just figure it out, figure it out. It's like when you're running, you know, you that it's, it's horrible. It's uncomfortable, but you know, you're going to feel good afterwards. You just got to keep going, got to keep going. And I did it. And I'm telling you top five things I've ever done in my life. Seriously. Top five, top five. Okay. Were you in clothes? Like, did you feel like you were in a coffin? Like, what's so they the have those pods. They have like smaller pods that, you know, so if you're claustrophobic, you can, but they, this one, the first one I was in was like a jacuzzi. It was, okay. big. it was like a room. It was, it was big and it's super safe. Doors locked. You can press a button, you know, you, you, it's easy. And the water is only like this tall. So it's, you don't okay. have to worry. About, you know what I'm saying? It's super not the, the scary part is you by yourself for an hour. <laughs> you know, and, and, and because people are like, what am I going to think about for an hour? Da, 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 da. But the whole idea, and you're forced to just think. You have no cho choice but to fit. And what I learned is in those moments, I was like, oh, I got to work on that. Oh, oh, I got especially if you got something you got, you got coming up. Oh, I got, I got to work on this. Do a fucking float tank and tell me you don't do some fucking real progression 
on figuring out what the fuck you got. Oh, I got to talk okay. to somebody. You know what? Let me hop in this flow tank. And like, okay, man. Da, 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 da. I'm just telling you, it's like one of the best things you can do ever. Okay. So let me ask you. Could you pinpoint something that like... Hey, can you turn some light on in there? I know. I'm sorry. I'm losing daylight over here. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, it gets... It's like fucking nighttime at 3.30. <laughs> hey, this is a dope little setup you got here, too. You should, you should do your own little podcast just like this. I, I like your background. It's dope. You really you should do your own. You should. And motherfuckers will listen. 100%. Maybe I will. You, you, you totally should. All right, but what were you saying? What was the question? Well, I was just wondering, like, okay, so after you did the pod or whatever, is there something specifically that you can think of that immediately changed like a success or like that you immediately went after you immediately did because of this uh the thoughts that happened like in that pod that may have not have happened otherwise okay so to answer that question it's going to be a little tougher for me because i consistently work on all kind of shit at one time you know sure so it's, it's going to be hard to pinpoint the thing i did because of that like i also do psychedelic drugs uh, I also do them smart though. I don't do them to fucking go party. I do it as a medicine to grow. Um, right. I'm very, very huge advocate for mushrooms and all that kind of shit because I'm telling you now that I can easier answer that question. When I did this, the mushrooms with someone who did it before and we sat in my house and we just talked for like six hours, which is cool. my thing. Just, you know, I oh, can't yeah. shut the fuck up, right? <laughs> I felt like, and it made me see things about myself that were not pretty. You know, so Man, you right? with the dog. No, no, I almost just fell. That would have been great. That would have been so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been uh so what was the about fucking uh floating that it oh the mushrooms. So I went into that situation with like, you know what, I want to grow. And the guy was there, I trusted him. I ain't never done it. I've always heard that this shit's terrible. Like you lose your mind, you go crazy. I'm always like, all right, but I did my research. I'm like, fuck it. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna dive in. Fuck it. And I'm telling you, I felt like such a better human being. Like if there was a number like 500 percent, because it made me I remember my first thought thinking, dude, I was an asshole to that person for no reason. You know, for my own dumb shit, like that person did nothing wrong. I used to I used to hold grudges, still do at times, which I, I hate that about my I used to call myself the the king of the grudge, which is a disgusting, it's disgusting to me, you know, but I, that was what I was. And um, working on that and seeing that, and, and you have no choice but to see it on, on a psychedelic. You, you're there, you blast off. Right. So, and, and I think what happens when, when people go crazy on that shit is when they try to control it. Like you gotta let that go. You gotta, right. you know, I, again, I can preface this. I, I feel like the topic of this episode is, is the shit is actually good. You know, I actually lean into shit now because the shit is how you grow. You know, the pressure right. and the diamonds thing. I, I really feel like the shitty, the shitty moments are actually a good thing. Yes. Now, don't get me well, wrong. I don't want to. Right. So I, so to go back to answer your question about the float tank, again, it's just anything I've done to just keep deep thinking is it just led so I couldn't I can't really pinpoint a specific thing other than it was another cog in me saying damn I'm, I'm starting to realize shit you know what I'm saying I'm starting about myself about the self-awareness thing you were talking about and that's sure. like the, that could be the scariest fucking thing is self-awareness right and I feel like a lot of people don't have it 
I agree. And I feel like the self-awareness thing, the, and here's, here's the sick part. The more honest I became about my problems, my food addiction, my overweight addiction, my fucking alcoholism, my fucking everything, the more I was honest about it and then threw it out there for people to judge, right? The more it actually registered with people the more that was inspiring. I don't know if you remember this back in the day when I first decided to lose weight and I took a picture and I wrote this whole long thing down on Facebook, like 2008 or some shit. And then I took a picture half naked, which is the scariest moment of my life. I remember pressing the send button and I was like, don't do it, don't fucking do it. And I, you know, for like 25 minutes, I'm like, should I press send? Should I press send? <laughs> and I'm super scared and I fucking pressed it, right? And I didn't even do anything. All I did was just have, I beat that fear in the, in the support the support underneath that post was crazy. And, and, and half the support was, man, you're so inspiring. And I didn't even do nothing other than just beat my own fear. So what I do is just keep improving Chris Campbell. Be honest. Be transparent about everything. The shit and the good. Don't yeah. just put the good shit out. Put the bad shit too. And that is where all this shit is going, I think. Absolutely. So that's what you've done this too. When you're vulnerable, it's not always peaches and cream in this motherfucker, right? <laughs> it's, scary. it's so scary. And just the vulnerability in itself is what people need because mm. everybody's afraid to be human. Everybody's afraid to admit that they can be a piece of shit or that they did this or that they struggle with weight or whatever the case may be. Or, you know, so many people carry so much shame. Mm. So when we can be, where do you think that comes from? I think it's learned and I think, I mostly think that it's learned. I think it's what happens when defining moments happen to us and it's how important people around us react to it. Mm. Okay. Um, I think it's natural for people to feel shame, but, and especially in adolescence, you know, we need to teach that, that, this is a, that shame is a real feeling and that it can control you. If you let it, you have to con not yeah, control. You got to be friends with that shit. Right. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. you got to learn. Yeah. Like you got to learn about these things and, and honor them and accept them, but also be like, you're not going to win, bitch. Sit down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in charge here. You that. know? And then to me, that's like a, that's a discipline thing, right? Like to me, it's like a, I used to stay away from discipline. My grandmother was like, you need more discipline. Yeah. And I used to be like, why? You know, I don't want discipline. Who wants to do that shit? <laughs> like, she wanted me to go to like this fucking school where you like, where they like, you know, one of those, what do you call those schools? Where they like, where it's, it's like, a, not army, but like that. Our, not oh yeah, that, that kind of shit. Yeah, that, that, okay. yep, that, that type of shit. I'm no, like, never, <laughs> motherfucker yelling at me for what? You know what I'm saying? And the older I get, I'm like, I see what the fuck they were talking about. Yeah. Discipline's a motherfucker. It's like, and it's, and it sucks though. So what they don't tell you is it's going to suck, but you'll feel better. Like the juice is worth the squeeze. You know, right. it is, they don't tell you that part. My grandmother didn't tell my, my grandmother didn't tell me that part. She just goes, you just need discipline just because I said so. And I'm like, well, that ain't going right. to fucking help me. I, I definitely don't want to do it now, but as I'm getting older and I'm, and dude, I put so much time with like, YouTube videos on how to be successful in life and your mindset. And I do, I just, Les Brown and all these, I, I just listen to a lot of people. I put a lot of time on trying to figure out my brain, you know? And yeah. they all say, you gotta just fight for discipline. 
and you have to accept that bullshit, you know? Right. Do, do, do you say you accept discipline? Um, so I used to, I used to be a very disciplined, disciplined human being, um, probably too disciplined and maybe for the wrong reasons. Mm, um, so like what I can think about specifically would be like, you know, when I, when I'm going to do something, like I take it to the extreme, right? So like, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to be on a diet. So now I'm addicted to the diet and I'm addicted to this. I'm, a, I'm addicted to performing and perfecting it and killing it and things like that. And it became like, an, about like analytical, like it wasn't about like fun and like fulfilling my purpose. You know what I mean? Um, so when I had to unlearn all of that and, and a lot of that was tied to my childhood trauma as well. Um, those were, those were reactions to not being in control and not having control in a chaotic life or whatever. Um, those were the ways that I could control. So I think discipline is like a fine line between like controlling your life and having control over your life versus like how you're going to define success for yourself. Mm. Um, and I've become a lot less disciplined and I am accepting that. I'm, I'm trying to accept it because I'm relearning who I am and how I do things and what is important to me. And if I want to like put my nose to the grindstone and like get it done, I will. But when you want, to. I'm not going to force anything anymore. You know right, what I mean? Right, like right, it's right. all about like going in the flow. And I think, and, and I wonder, and this is nothing against your grandpa, your grandmother and how she raised you in any way. But I do wonder if there was a traumatic moment in her saying that to you, which added to like shame that you felt in your life as an adult. Oh, you know what? Um, so she listened. So shout out to my grandma. Um, yeah, I would have definitely said that that there was some traumatic if she would have explained it differently again she's a human being too right and technically she wasn't even i wasn't even her kid i was her kid's kid you know she still loved me as her kid but um she was just doing the best she could you know and we've right. talked about it since and you know she, she wished she would have done certain things you know and again we all do like, who the fuck you know who the fuck am i you you know um but yeah i i could i there probably was and to be honest my food disorder i i kind of blame not her specifically uh, actually, not her mostly at all, but uh, her, 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 her part of it was very small. But that trauma at that, like fucking eight, seven, six, I, I was going through DCFS, you know, my mother's on drugs, no father. Just that, that's a lot for a seven, eight year old who barely can comprehend what the fuck's going on. Like, where's mommy? You know what I'm saying? And Absolutely. so I'm going through all that shit. And I always thought that I handled it well. Like, you know, I came out pretty dope for a person who went through that shit at such a young age. But then I saw some shit on YouTube because I was like, how come I can't stop thinking about fucking food all the time? You know, when I asked Steve, his favorite meal is, is, uh, is uh, crab legs. But once he's full, it's no longer delicious to him. Right. To me, right. I don't give a fuck how full I am. It's always delicious. Right. So I'm like, so I'm like why is why does my brain not click off right there? And his does, you know, and then right. I, was, I was YouTube and Googling shit. And then the one, this one doctor was like, a lot of times when people get these food addictions from is because it was their way at a young age of controlling your serotonins and your feel goods 
Because like, you know what happens when you eat some dope ass ice cream or shit feels good, right? It feels right. fucking phenomenal. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh right. my God, I love you. Got, I'm telling you, you can see the addiction right. in my eyes, right? <laughs> but, it, and I remember like getting on my own and then I like went ham. And so this is why I'm gonna blame her. I'm gonna blame you a little bit, Ma. She wouldn't have enough snacks in the house, right? And I think that that was, it was always like a, it was so forbidden because right. she, maybe because she knew I had a problem or whatever. But or because we really couldn't afford all these fucking snacks all the time. But when I was able to go out and take my bike to Burger King, I went and I went straight to Burger King. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. And I and that was I and I and it feels good. It made me feel good. And, and to this right. day, it still makes me feel good, you know. And it's like, fuck. So the discipline part of me is how you have a major food addiction and lose 175 pounds is makes me feel fucking like somebody's on my side. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a hard thing to beat. Um, but yeah, you, I, I agree, man. That probably did have something a little bit and, and it sucks. Cause you know, it was coming from a good place. Right. You and know? I don't mean any disrespect by that. Like, no, I know. I you think don't. there are just these like natural experiences that we have and we process them as children in different ways, you know, right. and like my grandma always pushed good grades, you know, and that became Were you a great student? Were you a great student? I was. Yeah. Like A's? Um, yeah. Like and not very student. naturally, like I had to, I worked for it. Like, dude, my older brother was like, he hated school. He would get straight A's. He would never show up. He would get straight A's. He didn't have braces. He didn't have glasses. Like I had all the geeky shit, you know, <laughs> okay. but um, it was validation for me. So then it became this thing where it's like, if I don't get a good grade, if I don't get this award, if I don't succeed, who am I, you know? Mm -hmm. And then like so you your were value saying, was like, attached to that stuff. Yeah. So then it, and then my obsessiveness because of the trauma and having to control and that led into the eating disorder and like all that crap, you know, and it's like, which is tied to other things as well, not just my grandma, but, and I would never say to my Nana, like you did this or whatever. Right. It's just that this is how we process things. And these are the events of our lives. But now we're, we're in this phase, like you said, where you can research and take accountability and like learn how to uh, bring it back into your life in like a healthier way. Yeah, you know? to process it a little bit better, right? Yeah, like discipline is necessary. Don't get me wrong. Like with anything, in my opinion, like there's always a fine line, you know? Let me ask you this. Uh, we're getting on a little, we got a little, great time, by the way. I want to ask you, so we should do a collab one day where you rocking the merch and some like dope photos. Cause I'm yeah. about to really, I'm about to, so can you for the record and be completely transparent, how do you feel about the executive hoodie? I love it. Is it, it what's the quality like? I'm all about like, does it, cause those aren't cheap. So like, can you, no. it, do you think it's worth no. it? I definitely do. Um, it's a super thick hoodie. It's very warm. The quality is amazing and quality to me is like so, so, so important. And Especially you because you're like, yeah, because you're like hella into fashion and clothes. Yes, yeah, so I can imagine. Yeah. Like, I don't want a sweatshirt that's just going to fall apart, you know? And I remember back in the day, like high school and shit, like college or whatever, the best hoodies that I ever had that lasted forever were champion. You know, you know why, right? I don't. I just Googled this the other day because I'm trying to get in, I'm trying to get into the fashion game, which I'm going to probably be picking your brain soon. Yeah. But Champion started the hoodie. No way. Yep. They were the first people, first people to create it. Now, let me that. ask you this. Do you remember like 
champion being kind of like Kmart, Walmart type shit? Yes. You know what's funny? I think the whole world did. Yeah, like it was like Haynes, champion, whatever. Like you didn't think about it as some like nice high-end. Supreme type shit, right? So right. I guess I'm, I'm about to paraphrase this. They, they were the big dicks back in the day, right? And then okay. some shit happened. Uh, Sarah, the Sarah Lee Corporation bought them, but then they then they stopped giving them the attention that they needed, so they ended up selling it off. And then Champion had to say, "Okay, well, we have this brand, and we're not there no more anymore. So we had to bring dial it back. So that's when they started selling it at those spots like that. Uh, I, I want to say the quality was still there. I think I don't remember what the quality was because we were young." But I do remember it. I remember because when people are like, damn, some of these hoodies are going for 150, 200, like the fuck champion. <laughs> like, right. What? Um, so anyways, but then they teamed up with, if I'm not mistaken, Supreme. So they did like okay. a collab and then they just kind of came up together. And now, now all of a sudden, I'm shocked that champions like one of the things you can get, but they, they kill the hoodie game. Yes. It's champion amazing. The best. Yeah. And uh, you have the executive. Uh, there's a tier now. So when you ordered it, there was a uh, a standard one that was mm -hmm. uh, the Gildan brand. Okay. And the problem with the Gildan brand is uh, it's it's good for just to get it, get your sweatshirt, call it a day. Right. It isn't extremely high quality at all. It's right. better than nothing. It's super soft at first. Once you wash it, it kind of goes to shit. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna stop offering that. Because I don't want my cares none name and brand to be attached with like a shitty product, right? Especially in the long run, you know. I kind of like I know that hoodie is going to last you a while, especially yes. if you take care of it. You know what I'm saying? If I'm not mistaken, uh, either dry clean it or don't throw it in the dryer forever. You know, like, like do the air dry thing. Take care of it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I totally think. Go ahead. No, this is this is like. This is not the kind of material that's going to like fill up and stuff. You know what I mean? And that's right, right. what we see a lot nowadays with that kind of stuff, because there's all these blends and everything, mm, or like 100% right, right. cotton is like so stiff. So people don't want it anymore. Right. But like, this is where it's at, honestly, because it's kind of a combination of everything and it's still the quality. Like it's not going to fill up. You're not going to lose this after one wash for sure. How do you feel about the taper? That's a big one. People have been saying they like the taper of the, of the like by the waist like the gildans kind of like taper in huh well i love this like godfather-esque like it's probably you know what's favorite. funny that's funny like you know what's funny you say that that's where it came from really swear to god <laughs> yeah. that's, i'm so glad it's you saw so that cool. so when me and cj <laughs> the guy who helps me with the shirts we i, I was like i'm like i want to start a logo you know he's like all right so we're fucking around and i, I remember saying you know, it'd be kind of cool that Godfather font, right? So he went on the thing and got the Godfather font. The problem, the reason why it didn't work with this is because T-H-E, the, and then at the bottom was Godfather. The Godfather was super long, whereas the the was super short, whereas right. none and cares are almost the same size. They're both four and what, five letters or whatever. Whereas C3 versus however many Godfather is, what is it, eight or something? I don't know. Right. So it, it didn't work. So, so if you're looking at, at this hoodie, so I said, all right, it doesn't really work with the Godfather font. So we just kept switching fonts, right? Let's, let's keep it like this. Let's keep the kids at the top, the nun at the bottom. Let's keep going down. And then we came across this font. And all it was, is, so you see where the white stripe is? Yes. The white, the white stripe wasn't there on 
the, okay. the, the thing that we saw on the screen. But when he printed out the vinyl, we, so you have to unweed the, the negative parts. You see the inside, oh, you have to like take that part of the vinyl out, da, 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 da. And then, so we took it all out and all this, that little strip was still there. And we were like, wait, 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 wait. I'm like, that kind of looks kind of fresh. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's kind of so weird. That was a like, mistake? It was a mistake. And I just, ah. noticed, this I just noticed this today. You, I did, this was not intentional. You see where the stripe is exactly over the one? Yeah. O-N-E. I just yeah. noticed that today. I'm like, I could probably do some cool designs with that. And like, like you're the one or I don't know. I can figure something out. But see? Yeah. That's totally. A, I was like, okay, that's not, And that was totally unintentional either. Now we tried to make it, we tried to match it up with the cares part and we had to clean it up a little bit to make sure it was even on all sides. But that's just crazy. Right. That idea came from the Godfather. You called that shit out. That's crazy. <laughs> I love it. But I'm yeah. glad you like it. I love when mistakes happen like that because it's perfect. I mean, it, it the design aspect of it is uh, Simple. very you, pleasing. People say yeah. they like the E. The, 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 the E has that little, that little twinge. Yeah. Yeah, I like the E. I, I, I'm so. Like I, I, I think I like. It. I think I like. I'm going. I'm. I'm gonna stick with it. And I it's love like the purple. Like a toothpick, you know. Yeah. Now it's funny because yeah, you yeah, asked. You said, nice. yeah, it fits really, really good. You said, um, give me a color that'll be, you know, dope. Yeah. And I was like, I got a color that I'm gonna. It's gonna be exclusive. And then uh, another, a, a good close buddy of mine was like, oh, I need a purple. I'm like. <laughs> like I was, I was trying to give you the purple by yourself, uh, and now there's been like four purple. So you having the first purple's made a thing. So unfortunately, yours oh. is exclusive. <laughs> purple's a great color, though. It's like royal. I'm using that as the color of the brand going forward. Hell yeah! I love so the it. podcast. I don't know if you've seen the, the the cover of the podcast. It's purple. I think yeah. purple is a fresh color. It is a fresh color. Yeah, it's a fresh ass color. So, uh, well, thank you for saying okay. those. Uh, like I said, I do want you to take some. Uh, like I'm, I'm talking about like an actual photographer and I'm gonna get you either you could do it and I, I'll pay you whatever. I just, I, I want like a really thought out photo, not just like a me. And you actually did a pretty good job yeah. when, when you were standing on the table. That was kind of dope. That's <laughs> kind of what I'm thinking of, you know, uh, but like everyone right. else. And I'm super thankful people giving me photos because it, it gives it like credibility, clout kind of thing. But I need to take more like thought out, like photographer photos if sure. I want to expand this, you know what I'm saying? I'd love to. Some professional shots that are styled and with like a, with like a goal. Story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and 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 I and I gotta sit down and think about what it is. And this is where my I'm not a you know photographer or anything, but I, you know I I think the idea I want to come across. Somebody goes, "What is cares none about?" Is is beating your or like aiming to beat your demons, however you see fit. And a lot of times it takes a matter of saying cares none to that to do it. Yeah. Essentially, it's like saying fuck it. Yes. That's... Like a kid, a kid can say it instead of fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think I definitely want you to think about it and we'll talk about like what you have in mind. But your whole concept of cares none is what inspired that standing on the table. It's kind of like this. I'm on top of the world. I'm going to stand on a glass table. I'm going to say what I need to say. And, and some of the, and some of the comments, some people said like, "Why are you on that glass table?" I even read that now. She's like, "Keep this done, motherfucker. Do what I want." But you see, but see that, that I need more of that kind of thought as opposed to just a guy, you know, taking a photo, saying which which again, super awesome. It's helped the shit grow, so I'm For totally sure. thankful. 
but I need to, you know, I'm about to, I'm about to go ham on this shit, man. And I know yeah. you're all about the clothing. So I, I'm going to really pick your brain when, you know, maybe soon, actually for sure soon. Cause I'm yeah, about to, I love I've, been, I've been going hard. Uh, can, can you shout your shit out? Like any kind of Instagram or anything? Or are you, are you weird about that? Or people want to follow you or something? Put your Instagram. What was that, Chris? Put your Instagram out there. Okay. No, I'm saying it's right now. Do you know your Instagram? Oh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, uh, okay. You didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, yes, I'm in. What do you want? Uh, yeah, you want. Yeah. And do you have, uh, you have two Instagrams, don't you? Excuse me. <laughs> I do. Yeah, so my personal one, which is hot sauce GPS. That's in hot sauce that you love on your shit. GPS, <laughs> my initials, Gina Passante Stark. Also navigating you to find shit all the time. But um, that's my personal. And then my creative page is Gina Stark Creates. And it's G-I-N-A-S-T-A-R-K as in Iron Man Creates. Um, I want to say thank you for doing this. Was it that bad? Are you all out? Oh, I'm nervous. Was it that bad? It's no, so easy. No, it was wonderful. Yeah, I, kidding me? Thank you so much. I'm like so honored to be a part of this, of course, like to be involved in your journey. Um, I do get nervous. I you get funny it. about answering questions because I'm like, I want to be funny. I want to see the right things. And then, you know. No, see, that's actually that part. That's what fucks it up. When we like, I guess some people are good at the comedy podcast. I feel like I'm just going to be me. And, and, and I'm selling that, you know, I'm not always funny. Sometimes I say dumb shit. Some, you know what I mean? It is what it is. And I, and I, and right. that registered. So just, you naturally are dope. That's what the cares. None be dope. You're just, we're all dope. All of us are dope. That's you right. Know? Um, dope. thank you very much. I'm gonna get you on this thank pod you. soon. I'm gonna talk to you soon about the uh, merge and then we'll go from there. Cool. Thanks Chris. Thank Love you. you so much. Stay out of trouble. Thank you. And, you and, too. And tell a dog to, to stop having bad nightmares, man. <laughs> All right, I'm Holly. I don't know what to do with him. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.